Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode. Every person has a story, and some parts of those stories feel too hard to tell. You are listening to If You Only Knew, a mini-series brought to you by the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. On today's show, my friend Bailey Hurd joins me and opens up about her recent medical battle and how she learned to be still and listen to God in the midst of this. Four years after her husband passed away, getting sick finally caused her to slow down and rest and listen. And you guys, if you didn't hear Bailey on my show before, be sure and check out her interview from September of 2015. She was on happy hour number 53. Friends, my hope for you as you listen is that you're not just going to hear Bailey's story of putting up a front of having all together and then getting sick and having to rest and slow down, but that you're going to hear how she journeyed into her grief all over again four years later and discovered her own process of grieving. Also, you guys, be sure you take note of how her community reacted to her when her struggles came back up again. But you guys, before we get to Bailey, I want to tell you about one of my favorite things in the world, and that is summer camp. Summer camp is right around the corner, believe it or not. I know we just had Valentine's Day, but you guys, it's going to be time for camp. And I want to tell you about Pine Cove. Pine Cove is a Christ-centered camp that my kids are so excited to attend this summer. Pine Cove has day camps and overnight camps, and we've done them both. And they are really excited because all of my kids, you guys, are going to an overnight camp this summer the same week. All the mamas are like, yep, I see what you did there, Jamie. Yep, that's right. But you know what, guys? Here's what it is as well. This is why I love Pine Cove so much, because as a mom, it is super important to me to have other people invest spiritually in my kids. It's important for me to have people who they love and trust and respect telling them the same things that we're telling them. And these Pine Cove counselors are incredible. Of course, you guys, Pine Cove also has lots of fun activities like horseback riding and water slides and ropes courses and wake parks and so much more. If you're interested, check out pinecove.com and sign your kids up today. Guys, I also want to tell you, tickets for the Happy Hour Live just went on sale this week. On Wednesday, they were released to everyone that's on my email list, and today they are open to the public. So if you want more information about that, find me on Instagram. It's at Jamie Ivy, or check out my webpage, jamieivy.com. All right, you guys, here is my friend Bailey. So Bailey, what is your, if you only knew moment? Yeah. So about a year ago, I started having these chest pains and it freaked me out. I woke up one morning with just chest pains. And of course you think chest pains. And I was like, I should, I should probably go to the hospital Mm -hmm. thinking heart attack, you know, worst possible case. So ended up, um, doctors couldn't figure out what it was. This ended up being like over a 10 month process. I was in five different specialists office. And like I said, it started with chest pains. And then there there were other symptoms that kind of came up for me and was having a hard time breathing. And, um, my blood work was off. I got pneumonia, got really, really sick. My energy just depleted. And honestly, Jamie, it was just a time for me that like looking back, I see how God had a plan and using this time because it, 
finally made me still because mm. um, I found myself in these doctor's offices getting my blood every week. And it took me back to that time when four and a half years ago, I was in the hospital with my husband who had cancer and I was going through treatments with him. And um, those were the parts of my my grief that I didn't want to deal with. You know, mm. I didn't want to talk or think about the parts where he was sick and I was watching him deteriorate. And, you know, those are just the really hard parts, the traumatic parts mm-hmm. of loss. And I, I just, I didn't realize that after he passed away, it's like my brain went into this survival mode and I have a little girl who's six and it was just like, okay, I just got to do what I got to do. And so I stayed focused and I wanted to share his legacy. So I traveled the country, told our story. I published a book he wrote for our daughter and talked about his books. And I just, I really wanted to focus on all the positive things. Mm -hmm. And in a way, I think that was God protecting me. Um, And then also I realize now that that was me just kind of being in survival mode, really in denial. I was kind of living as if nothing had really happened. Mm -hmm. And I was waiting for this grief period, you know? And then what happened was I got sick and I got still, and I was still long enough to really go there and to dig into the pain. And what was interesting was I found that I was, I was so afraid of the pain, but when I, when I addressed it, when I faced it, when I felt it, um, it wasn't as scary. And in a way it kind of liberated me, Mm. um, which wasn't what I was expecting, you know? And during this time, I just felt like this, um, you know, I felt like I was supposed to be this leader. I was putting all these expectations on myself, you know, cause I had an online blog and I was blogging about my life. And, you know, I would think a lot of people would think, well, when you lose someone, you grieve heavy right in the beginning, you know? And so I was struggling with this fear that the people who were following, you know, my story would be so confused as to why three and a half years later, I'm really struggling. Mm. You know, I'm really grieving. Like I'm really feeling... I mean, obviously I was sick and in some ways, I don't know. I really don't know. The doctors never figured it out, but it, um, I started getting better slowly and surely. And I learned in that time how to take care of myself and how to deal with stress. And I think maybe possibly pushing off the grief, not knowingly, but I think that was causing possible sickness Mm -hmm. in my body. And so just being able to kind of deal with with it and take the time for myself. I had to give myself permission, you know, to, yeah. to do that. And even though I was worried that people would be so confused and be like, Oh, I thought you already had it together. Or you figured this out. It's like, no, like I'm figuring this out as I go. Mm. And then something profound happened. Like I started meeting with other people who had lost spouses and I started seeing patterns. Like we would have conversations and I'd see patterns in their life and in their journey. And it would give me compassion for mine because I felt so isolated before kind of going through this. And I thought, what's wrong with me? Like I'd go to my therapist and say, I feel like I'm not, I'm not really grieving. Like what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. And then just talking to other people, I realized this is a process Mm -hmm. and everybody grieves differently and, um, in their own time and in their own way. And for whatever reason, it took me being sick and going back into hospitals by myself to kind of go there and being still and dealing with it. And it slowed me down. And mm-hmm. I had to stop that fear of like, man, what about my career? I had just mm-hmm. done a TEDx talk, which I was so proud of myself. I was terrified to do it. And I had just given my TEDx talk when the sickness started coming on. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh, I thought this was going to be a peak for me that I was going to keep going forward in my speaking career. 
And then it's like everything stopped. I mean, and in a sense I did, I lost, I lost business at that time. I realized how out of control my foundation was in the sense of like my home and my, there were just so many holes. I was trying to build a career and a life on a foundation that wasn't solid. You know, Mm. I think it was because I hadn't grieved. I hadn't given myself that space to really grieve so that I could build this foundation to start anew. Mm. Do you feel like you didn't grieve because after your husband passed away and you began to what in your own words, what you said, like share his legacy, which is an amazing, wonderful thing. But do you feel as though you were so set on, I need everyone to know how awesome my husband Andrew was, and I'm going to share this. I'm going to spread all the amazing Mm -hmm. things that he did. And he wrote this book for our daughter and all these things that you didn't stop and feel like I need to grieve here. And so then fast Mm -hmm. forward four years yes, and you're worried, well, are people going to look at me and think, didn't this happen four years ago? Like, yeah. Wh- yeah. Like, why, why are we grieving now? Is that, is that where that came from? Yes. Yes. That's where I, that's the fear that I, that's the, what if you only knew kind mm. of moment that was like, oh, I'm worried what they're going to think. And then too, Jamie, I know you understand this because you help people. This is what you do by sharing. And I felt that way too. How am I going to help people? I realized for the first time I couldn't really help people through this process, which is what I'm doing in my speaking and my coaching if I don't really go through it. Mm. And I didn't know that I hadn't gone through through it. You know, I, I didn't know, I, but I did, I had bits and pieces where I thought, I feel like I should feel this, like, I don't know how to explain it, but I felt like something was missing. You know, there was mm. a process that I had allowed myself to kind of go there because mm-hmm. I was afraid of it. You know, yeah. I was afraid of going that deep. And what if it stopped everything? Well, I have a daughter, I'm a single mom. And um, but I had to, but when I finally did, it changed everything. Okay. So tell me you're, you're sick and you're feeling this. And I, and I know that there's someone who can relate because, you know, I've heard people, um, talk about, you know, they're holding on to stuff inside of them Yes, and it literally, it is sickening to their soul. And for mm-hmm. you, you're experiencing a sickness in your body, which takes you back into the hospital. And so all of these memories are flooding in of when you were last there. Yes. Um, and so then t- you start realizing maybe I don't have it all together like I thought I did. Maybe this foundation, like you said, is not there. Do you remember the first time you said that out loud to somebody? You know, I was kind of nervous to give this talk today because this is really me coming to that point. Like Mm -hmm. I'm just now, I've started writing about it recently. And, um, and I'm on, honestly creating a new message around this, around this new part of my journey, this evolution Mm -hmm. that I'm going through. So this is kind of one of the first times that I'm opening up Mm -hmm. and, sharing this. What about in a personal, what about on a personal level to those that you do life with? How has that been having those conversations about the yeah. struggle of yours? Absolutely. I think my family's probably felt it the most because they've seen me. It, it's been a very private battle. Mm-hmm. You know, I just kind of pulled away from social media. I pulled away from things because I, I didn't understand how to, I didn't know how to deal with this, you know, and it was mm-hmm. so much. So um, my family probably saw that the most. And you know, what was great, Jamie was they received it so much better than I would have thought. Like it was like a weight was lifted off of them Mm. for me to say, I'm not okay. You know, I'm really struggling. Cause I think in my family, they had been used to me being, being the strong one, you know, being that rock. And I was afraid that like, that was my role in my family. So what happens when I'm not that anymore? Mm. What's going to happen to my family? And so, um, but they received it well. And it was like, they understood me on a different level. And my mom ended up helping me find a great therapist 
And she encouraged me to just to kind of do some more deeper work with that. Mm. So yeah, the response was actually much better than I expected. Which most of the time it is, we go into this with this fear of what are they going to think? And I think you touched on something that, you know, since most of our listeners to this show are women, I think women struggle with this. I, I hate saying this like like I know what women struggle with more than men because I've never been a man. But right. I do know what it feels like to feel as though my family, like I'm holding everything together and I have to be the strong one for my kids and I have to be the strong one for my husband. And yes. in your case, I'm sure you're like, I need to be strong for my in-laws and for Absolutely. extended family of Andrews. And so I know that women and I, that we do that. Mm-hmm. But I love how you just said that after you admitted I can't do it. I'm failing. Mm-hmm. That they kind of sense a sigh of relief, like, okay, yeah. yes, because <laughs> all of a sudden, I think it just became real to everybody. Like, you know, like everyone's like, okay, this is actually real emotion. This is being really vulnerable. Yes. And this is maybe even, Bailey, I don't know. You, you maybe you can answer. Maybe they've been waiting for that from you. I have no idea. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in hindsight, yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. How do you feel as though, this is new for you. And I I love that you're on here sharing this with us. How has this altered your relationship with the Lord? I'd like to hear three different scenarios, maybe in the midst of you trying to be the strong, hold it together, do it, share the legacy, raise your daughter, single parent work. And then in the midst of, um, I'm not calling what you had a breakdown, but in the midst of that breaking down of your, Mm -hmm. of your body, literally, what was it like? And then on the flip side now where you're saying, I'm just going to be open with it. How, how have your experience with God been different throughout those different stages? Yeah. You know, I think in the beginning, it's like, we don't know what we know until, you know, sometimes later. Uh And so that's what I thought I was doing well. Like I said, in the beginning, and I thought I was really just trusting God and just moving forward. But then I think it took me breaking down. I think having that moment to surrender mm. and realize, oh my gosh, I was trying to control this. I was really trying to control this like the whole time, you know, like mm. by holding it together, my own strength. And then I, it took me breaking down to be like, I mean, I was literally, I was scared for my life, to be honest. I didn't know. I, I thought um, doctors were curious if this was cancer. And I was like, Lord, I mean, I was just so dependent on him because I had been through that with somebody Mm -hmm. and I'm a single mom. And I think I can't go through this again, you know, Lord, like, and I believe that you have a plan, but it just took it to a deeper level. You know, I just, I felt like I really needed him and Mm -hmm. I needed to believe. And then I had an instant where a couple of friends prayed for me. And, you know, I really struggled with, I know God can choose to heal us, But then I have moments where, you know, of course we prayed for my husband Mm -hmm. and we prayed for God's healing and that wasn't the Lord's will for Andrew. So, you know, even for me, I felt like almost guilty just praying and asking God to heal my body Mm. because I didn't know, I know that he could, but I know that he didn't for Andrew. And I was, you know, it was that fear of, can I trust God? Maybe Mm. he will, maybe he won't. And I just had a moment where they prayed for me, they prayed for healing and I just chose to believe. And that was, that was a turning point for me, Jamie, where I just said, you know what? The way God operated in that situation with Andrew, he had a plan and a purpose. And then the way he's operating with me, he has a plan and a purpose. Mm. And I was able to kind of surrender to his plan for my life and trust God, even though um, things maybe looked different for Andrew. And that was huge for me, for my faith. I love that you said you were choosing to believe. And in your instance, you're saying, I'm going to choose to believe for healing. If that, God, that's what you want, God, I'm going to choose to Absolutely. believe that. 
I think a lot of times when we are holding on to something and it, it literally has us captive in so many different ways. And then when we flip our narrative and we say, I'm going to choose to believe whether that is, I'm going to choose to believe that God, you absolutely can heal me if you choose to. And, and I'm going to stand on that and believe it. But also in the other sense to choosing to believe what you, what is true about ourselves, you know, and for, for you to choose to believe that God hadn't left you and that you, you could like, grieve and he doesn't mean he wasn't a good God to choose to believe those things I think can be life-changing, but it's hard to get there, you know, Mm -hmm. because I I think you you hit on it when you said you're afraid, like we're afraid to believe that if I say, I believe God, you can heal me. And then he doesn't. Mm -hmm. Right. Then what? Then what? And what does that mean? What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of fear wrapped up in that. And I'd be lying if I said that I don't ever have that thought because that's, I think we all struggle with that. Like, well, what if he doesn't? Absolutely. Golly. So you said this time when they prayed for you, you did choose to believe that. Were you at a point where you were willing to say, if you don't, I still believe? Yeah, I think so. I think that came with it. Mm-hmm. I think I, I had already had that piece of it. You know, that piece of, well, I know that he might not, I guess. But then I think for me, just that believing that he could, yeah, that, that he would. And then I, you know what I mean? That yeah. was me, whatever. That's the milestone I needed for my faith to yeah, deepen. Yeah. Bailey, I'm wondering, were there kind of signs along the way that you kind of pushed down um, that things weren't okay? Because I, I know that we can get into those modes where we kind of push our emotions down because we've just yes. got it. We've got to make things happen. And on one mm-hmm. hand, you're looking at, you're like, listen, I mean, on one hand, we look at your life and you're like, well, you have to make things happen. You, you're a single mom and Right. You know, rent doesn't pay itself, right? You know? Absolutely. And so there's that thing, but there's also like maybe this tug at our soul that's like, hey, Mm -hmm. you're moving too fast. You're not stopping. You're not resting. Did you feel that ever when I'm, you know, and I'm trying to say, because people are listening, they might be right there feeling Mm -hmm. that. And you hit the nail on the head, like, um, besides the physical symptoms that eventually manifested, like there was, there was a tugging underneath there was, it was more like questions. You know, I I started wondering, I just had questions Mm -hmm. like, okay, this doesn't feel right or seem right. Like what's going on here. And I just started exploring that and being curious about it. And then honestly, it took me being just flat on my back Mm. to be like, okay, I was forced. Like it felt like a forced, I I do think grief is a process. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think God used that sickness, that time to (laughs) have me face to face, like, okay, we're going to deal with this now. Mm. Like we're going to do this. And I I guess I could have made the to not. But by that time, like you said, there were enough things stirring in my soul that I thought, I think I, I think I need this, but I'm scared of this. I'm scared of this, but, but I think I need this. Do you think you have this kind of not sixth sense? That's a weird way to put it, but I'll, I'll use myself for an example. Is it sometimes I feel like I can look at a mama who's brought a kid home into their family from hard places. And it's been like, you know, six months or a year and I can look at them and I can see something that no one else can see. And I can pull mm-hmm. her aside and say, hey, you're really struggling, aren't you? And she looks at me like, how did you know? Do you right. feel as though you have this kind of, not insight, but this kind of intuition to look at a woman who may be walking through grief because of loss that could be a husband, um, it could be a child or whatever. And do you see yourself three years ago in them? Do you, would you be able to look at them and say, hey, I think I, I know what you're going through. And maybe you need to like deal with this now. 
Yes. Now I can say that before I don't think I could. And honestly, Jamie, that's, that was one of the signs that you're talking about was I was having these conversations. Of course, people were reaching out to me yeah. who'd experienced loss and I was struggling to connect. Mm. And I'm like, how am I struggling to connect with this? Like these are people who've gone through similar situations. And I found myself so uncomfortable, like in the conversations. And that's, that's really not me. So that was a sign to me that I was like, why am I uncomfortable? And some of that is, I think I labeled grief. Like it, first of all, I was in a club that I did not choose to belong to. Right, exactly. Nobody signs up for that. Nobody signs Uh up for that. So I was really rejecting the stereotype, to be honest. And I didn't even know what the stereotype was, but just the idea of grief. I don't know. I had these images, I guess, of just depression and just sadness. And just, I was like, oh no, not for, not for me. I can't go there, you know? And so I just kind of dissociated myself with it. But then by doing that, I wasn't connecting and I didn't even want to read a book on grief. I didn't. So one of the first signs of me moving into a place of like facing my own grief was when I picked up a book, Sheryl Sandberg wrote a book called option B. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time that I like read a book about loss. Mm -hmm. And I, I wasn't like, resistant to it. I was open and it actually helped me. And I thought, okay, maybe if I press into the very thing that I'm afraid of, the very thing that I'm judging, maybe, maybe there's something there for me. Maybe Mm. the growth is there. And that's what I did baby step by baby step by baby step. Well, I am so grateful for you sharing this because I know that this is a very vulnerable situation for you because of what the past three years have looked like for you. Um, of doing amazing, wonderful work, um, you know, because of the club that you never (laughs) signed up for. (laughs) And so I'm really encouraged by it. I know that there are going to be people who are listening. And and one thing that I just want everyone to remember is that when you finally, like you said, you surrender to God. And I, I love when you talked about sharing with your family and they didn't think less of you. They didn't think, well, golly, Bailey, I wish you could just keep yourself together. Mm-hmm. But they were almost relieved to see, okay, she's really this, she's struggling with this and we're going to get through this. And I think so many times people are so afraid to let people know that they just can't carry the weight of the world on their shoulders anymore. Mm-hmm. But to know that when you go to people, they're going to look at you and probably go, well, we knew you couldn't do this anyways. <laughs> and so we're <laughs> right. glad you finally realized it. And s- yes, yes. Um, so thank you so, so much for being vulnerable with us today. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, Jamie. Thanks for listening to this story. I believe that stories change the world. I believe that they tear down walls, open gates of conversation, and allow us to experience freedom in a new way. Your story matters. And I pray that you will have the courage to share your story with a close friend, just like my guest shared with me today. In my newest book, If You Only Knew, I Go First. I go first and I share my story with you. You can find more information at ifyouonlyknewbook.net. Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode.